Mindwave, uh, I lost the original opening intro to this that I recorded. I don't know why. If if uh, you're experienced with Logic Pro and you have this problem of entire audio clips disappearing and turning into half a second empty tracks, um, and you can help me figure this out, that would be fucking great. But my conversation today is with Chandler Bryant, and we're going to talk about Jesus. Uh, Jesus. In a good way, in a, in a really, really good way, because Chandler's coming from a, a Southern Baptist background, I'm coming from an atheist, quote-unquote, background, but uh, it's a fantastic fucking conversation, and I can't wait for you guys to hear it. So, uh, without, I mean, I'm still like, what, 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 what am I doing? What's the point? No ado, no further ado. Here's my conversation with Chandler. Please enjoy. I am here with Chandler Bryant, and we're going to talk about Jesus. Chandler, welcome back to the show, man. Yep. More specifically, we're going to talk about um, the way that preachers have become wolves in sheep's clothing, selling an idea that, you know, you can marry the uh, message of Christ, or rather just the idea of the Christian church with uh, American identity and play that identity politics. Uh, and it's created a toxic environment, honestly. Um, they were kind of the first ones to play uh, real identity politics in that way. And they've set themselves up uh, in a way that I think is detrimental to uh, Christianity, because now if anyone says they're a Christian, you know, you automatically get painted as one of these evangelicals, but the evangelicals have, you know, given a toxic name to something that was, uh, supposed to be beautiful. You know what I mean? Yeah. They've, they've totally lost the way here. And this feels extremely weird as, as a, if you know me, they, you know they've I'm married Christianity and nationalism. And it's, you know. it's an unhealthy, it's, uh, yeah, it's religious nationalism. And I invoked Nazi Germany earlier, and you thought that was a step too far, but I really don't think it is. Well, for uh, one thing, Nazi Germany was actually quite anti-religious. I mean, this dude was actually severely anti-Catholic. But, yeah. Well, yeah, he was anti-Catholic, he was anti-Jewish. He, he, did, he did mention Jesus quite a few times in inspiring him. In, in various ways. He's a fascinating character. We'll probably dig into, like, I want to get a history expert on the show sometime to, like, really unpack Hitler, like, w in his mind, you know, and as a, as a, anyway, I don't know how we got into Hitler, but, <clears throat> uh, yeah, no, that, that should not be a, a false equivalence between what's going, what's going on now <laughs> in the U.S. and what was going on in Germany, uh, during that period of time, but it is, it is in, in terms of talking about the phenomenon of marrying, this kind of like holy righteousness into nationalism, I I think I think is the the dangerous thing that we're, I'm I'm trying to put a, my finger on and say no that that specific thing. Well, it, it's one that's not patriotism. If you're if you're like there's a difference between nationalism and patriotism. A, a but if you're marrying nationalism to this kind of like holy righteousness, like God is with us kind of thing, Gott mit uns. Sorry, my German is horrible, but that's like God is with us. 
uh, that was printed on Nazi gold, you know, uh, in God we trust is what's on our money. And that, that doesn't raise an nearly well, as many well, eyebrows as well, it should. In that case, let's take a history lesson now on, on American Christianity. I mean, back on the founding of our country, I mean, we well, before that, actually, during the colonies, like we all heard about the Puritans and we heard about the religious differences between the different colonies. Um, look at, you know, the South and their, you know, Anglican ways because they were more British. Uh, you can look at the Puritans and their uh, religious intolerance. And you can look at, you know, just across the way. And then, of course, after the founding of the country, there was that great awakening, you know, and the second great awakening where preachers went around uh, having revivals and, you know, whipping shit up, <laughs> as it were. Uh, but... Um, People have used that history as a way to paint uh, America as a purely Christian nation, as, as if Christian ideals were the only thing that you know guided us. I mean, you, you forget then that there were uh, several uh, Muslims that actually fought in the with with the Americans, believe it or not. Um, and there were also um, a lot of the founders were deists. You know, they believed in a heavenly creator, but. They also believed that there was a higher truth than just, you know, what the preacher says. But nowadays, you know, you get into the um, you get into the 1900s, you know, in the 20th century. And you have these preachers that are, you know, trying to revive this Christian spirit. Uh, and you have the holiness movement. You have the Pentecostal movement. You have the Baptists and all that. But they married this idea of American exceptionalism and nationalism sort of with, you know, the church and with Christian identity. And it's created a toxic environment to where, you know, we forget that some of our best leaders like Martin Luther King Jr., he was a preacher first. We forget that uh, Christianity has been a vehicle for human rights, not for, you know, uh, one nation to suppress another and not for, you know, a, a politician's playbook. <laughs> uh, but nowadays, but nowadays, you know, if you look at the Republican Party and I hate ragging on Republicans because we're going to get a bunch of eye rolls, but Republicans have basically, you know, married the, you know, Christian nationalist ideals of these movements of Pentecostalism and, and evangelical Christianity, you know, since we want to use terms here with their own political ideology of free market capitalism, supposedly, and other things and saying that these are the right ways of God. And that's how you get neoconservatism. And, you know, <laughs> uh, everyone hates it. Um, and that's why we have been alienating a lot of people of color, why we've been alienating a lot of people uh, in the West and in other places where you know, these Southern preachers can't really get their grubby little hands on them in order to instill their message because it's been, you know, made into this toxic thing where nobody wants to be a part of it. And if you're already a part of it, you know, um, I'm sorry for you. Yeah, it, it has this um, definitely has this weird nature to it, uh, especially because you'd mentioned, um, <clears throat> you know, for a nation to oppress other nations and and my biggest like gut like almost like vomitary like reaction was like no like they're oppressing themselves itself too you know they're using it to oppress us 
um, <clears throat> as its citizenry. So that and, and, that and, and, is you know new ideas. They're not allowing new ideas to be injected into the narrative because oh that's not how things have always been done. So that's not how things can go. But you know that's exactly what we need. We need a new way, and that's exactly what you know being a um what's it called being a savior or being a messiah is it's someone who will save us from a crisis it's it's a jewish concept of someone who will rise up to save uh the jews from crisis a lot like the judges of the old days um and that's why there are actually multiple messiahs but we can get into that another day i guess but no, this is legal disclaimer from the Mind Wade podcast. Jenner is not claiming that he is the Messiah. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, not nah, man. But um, definitely, I like believe it or not, y'all. This whole conversation started because of uh, we were talking about foreign policy in Afghanistan. <laughs> yeah, and this is why you guys understand now. Uh, you as the listener understand. You get it. I was like immediately like, no, this is absolutely just liquid gold. We can't lose it. Uh, because it, there, it is fascinating what's going on in the Middle East. Um, the clusterfuck that it's been, this kind of like aimless nightmare of human suffering, you know, and, and we haven't been able to make like really any progress. Like a- a- every time we make teeny, teeny little steps, it's like one step forward, 50 fucking steps back, you know, there. And it's just like, we need a new way forward or like in the Middle East, 1000%. And that's sure. where I, I brought in the fact that, you know, we've been using, um, <clears throat> we've, we've been trying to press our ideals onto these people. I mean, back whenever Bush was president, of course, he was a neocon controlled by Dick Cheney. If, if you believe some people, another neocon, but anyways, <laughs> they went into this war and they were trying to, uh, push democracy on these people, but you know, they kind of, I, they very much mishandled it, and I think a lot of the problem is is that we weren't being uh, true to our values, and I'm not talking about evangelical values. I'm talking about uh, American values and Christian values separated if you want, combined if, if you must. But, you know, Christian values are supposed to be that we lead the way into a better future. Like we, we set ourselves as an example and we push for more human rights. Christianity has been such a big vehicle for human rights all across, you know, the world, especially in Europe. I mean, look at the enlightenment and look at, um, I mean, you could look at the French revolution. Uh, Of course we know how that ended, but it started out as a great idea fueled by, uh, the enlightenment and Christian sentiment. Um, and you can look at Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. He was a preacher, and part of his call was that you can't oppress a child of God and that we are all children of God. And I think a lot of the problem is, is that we've lost that sort of leadership in Christianity along the way, and we haven't espoused uh, Christian values, and we haven't been um, pursuing those values and being a missionary for those values. We haven't you know, made the case that, hey, we're not just trying to kill you because you're Muslim or because of, you know, this, that, and the other thing. But we, we've, we've made the case that instead that, no, you are our enemy and that, you know, we are trying to force this upon you because this is the right way. Of course, that's classic evangelical tactics. If anyone has ever heard of them, if anyone's ever talked to a missionary uh, from that side of the church. But true missionaries, they 
They don't do that. They try to proselytize, sure, but they convince people. They actually sit down and talk with people. They work things out. And yeah, um, the Taliban was crazy and definitely authoritarian. But at the same time, I think we could have worked with them to push uh, our human values or at the very least set up uh, the Northern Alliance, our allies in Afghanistan, to be more successful uh against them and, and to set themselves up with a new identity that has uh, more moderate values and more democratic values of, yes, freedom, but also, you know, righteousness uh, as needs be. Right. And you really, really hardcore hit the nail on the head there. And listener, I'm going to blow your fucking mind in a minute, probably. You really hit the nail on the head there is because the problem the problem there in our foreign policy is the exact same thing. It's the Christian nationalist thing. When when Big Bad America storms in, they're doing it with a red, white, and blue flag and a fucking cross. And so if you're if you're in an Eastern Muslim country, you see that you see that as an existential threat because it's not it's not true to its own values. And this is the part that's gonna blow your fucking mind because Jesus is actually the fucking answer there. Because I'm not sure if you're aware of this, listener, but in the Quran, Jesus is a prophet of Allah. <laughs> okay, uh, Muhammad is one. He's like the main guy. Uh, Allah has lots of prophets. Jesus is one of them. They, the teachings are built into the Quran. Okay, you should understand this if you've never read it. <laughs> it reads very much like, uh, like kind of like a lazy plagiarism version of the Bible. And if you're a Muslim, and that sounds insensitive, I'm very sorry. It, yeah, it reads very much the same. Him, but it also sounds um, like but, one of Jesus's sermons, just extremely extended. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So fundamentally, like if we actually led with Christ's, if like if we actually took his you know, example and led by that example in our foreign policy and trying to heal the Middle East, radically different. We'd have to do that with diplomacy. I think, I think uh, interfaith diplomacy would be absolutely crucial. Like the thing that's going to solve it. We're not going to solve it with bombs and guns and, and, and bullets and no, we're going to solve it ho- with holy uh, war because that's what and hugs. And we're going to solve it with actually sitting down and talking with people and, and, and pushing this. And yes, some, maybe we need someone who actually knows the Bible and, and can, and, and can be a pastor because like they respect religious leaders. Maybe we need somebody who can be a missionary for these uh, values and for this new doctrine. Uh, and um, yeah, but Again, back to – if you're offended by me calling out evangelical preachers, I want to bring up something in the Bible where it talks about you know, be wearing antichrists and false prophets. Yes. These people have co-opted Christ's message for something that has nothing to do with the Bible. That is the definition of a false prophet there. You know, they, they're, they're lying about being messengers of God. And that's not okay. And if you look even in the Quran, they also agree with this sort of thing. In chapter 3 of the Quran, it talks about how – I can't remember the exact wording, but it goes something like this. In the Quran, there – in the scripture, there are verses of that of which – that are specific and those that are unspecific. As for those that wish to swindle you, (laughs) they will – Take that of it, which is unspecific, and use it for their own uh, misguidance and misdeeds. 
But those who actually believe will say, we believe in it. All of it is from our Lord. And I think that's what we need to do. I was just reminded, oh, whoa, crazy feedback. Um, I was just reminded of a Bible verse uh, by, and it invoked this image of, you know, these, these, uh, oh my God, these resolute desk kind of like prayer moments, which feels utterly disgraceful to me, but it brings up, it brings up Matthew 6, 5. When you pray, you shall not be as the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets that they may be seen by men. It's like he, this is literally in y'all's book, guys. Don't be a fucking hypocristian. And You're being also, hip. The, I love the word hypocristian. It's so fucking perfect. Jesus also and, talks about how the priests and the Sadducees and the Pharisees will go into the temple and pray and be like, thank you, God, for I am not like them. Whereas the tax collector, you know, someone who is quote unquote poor because, you know, poor in Hebrew is more like outcast. They're the outcast yeah. of society. They're hated among the Jews at the time because they're tools of Rome. But the tax collector goes into the temple and is like, forgive me for all that I've done wrong. And I think that's that humility is what we've lost as uh, as a country and as Christians. We've married our ego and our pride to um, our belief, and that's not okay. And and this is a really important flag. The the thing that we're actually talking about here is secular. This is a secularizable thing. This is not tied to the Christian doctrine. It's not tied to the Quran. It's it's this well, I mean it 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 is it is tied, but it's it's all it's all one thing. This is this is the the place well, to I meet am, in the but... middle. And it is secular. It's not coming at it from like our side versus your side. It's it very much has this like this is us. What do we do? Um, because and like in terms of moving moving things forward, and like like I I said, I'm not any kind of uh crazy expert. I I don't think. Uh, I think I'm probably more qualified to solve the Middle East peace problem than like Jared Kushner, but you know I'm not a foreign policy expert. Okay, I'm not a theologian. Okay. From that point, from that standpoint, I'm more qualified just based on this we we are both exponentially more qualified to solve Middle East peace than Jared Kushner. And you know what this this is the this is the thing that I was gonna say is that like along your whole Messiah thing, your Messiah ram where I had to put in a very careful disclaimer. That's not what I, that's not how I would frame what I'm doing, but, um, this conversation and getting it out there, I hope you realize Chandler that this is a global show. This show goes all around the world. Um, we have, we have Good. listeners I, I in the Middle that, East. I think that all around the world, people need to hear yes. this message. I mean, I, let me, let me say this. If you're a Muslim and you have been a victim of our American foreign policy, I am deeply sorry for that. It's shameful. Our, our, our presidents, not just our presidents, but our military and a lot of our own people have misrepresented what we stand for. And all, we have been led astray by false prophets. And I'm sure that you can understand this as, you know, throughout the Quran, it talks about these people that don't believe in the real prophets and believe in the false prophets and the false gods. We have turned to false gods ourselves, and I hope that you don't hate the American people for that because a lot of us want to change that, and we're trying to get the message out there. But I'm still sorry for what for 
what you've been through. And I want you to know that we're working on it. And that's not going to stop the bombs from falling, but one day it will. And I hope one day we can actually work together. You know what? And this this conversation right here, this this audio file that we are about to drop onto the internet is more powerful than a bomb being dropped on a country. It really is. The The conversation is the thing that we're after. That's the goal. It's not just about, you know, me and Chandler randomly connecting and, and having this awesome conversation. It's about sharing it. It's about keeping it going. It's about getting you to openly talk about these kinds of things with your friends and your family and your neighbors. And, you know, the neighbors from the, the next side of the ocean. I, I mean, so much of this is just has to do with breakdowns you know, in our discourse, breakdowns, God, it all leads How back to this humanity. actual good neighbor policy really? where we treat each country as a good neighbor? Yeah, really, like, <laughs> is a love thy neighbor uh, foreign policy too much for you, hypocristian <laughs> nationalist bullshit uh, artists? Is that, like, love thy neighbor should really be like it? And and I understand I, I, my atheist friends will attack me if I do not also specify that within biblical context, love thy neighbor was literally just your neighbor in your village. Uh, there is very much the, uh, the it, it, many examples of going no, to the next village was, and burning it to the ground. Wait, hold on, hold on, pause. <laughs> no, it wasn't just your neighbor in your village. It was everyone. If you look at how Christ spoke, he was talking about all nations. If you relate his message to all nations, I mean, that's exactly what the Sermon on the Mount was about, to preach his message to all nations, not just forced out of throats, but this this way of behaving, this way of being, and, and you know, loving each other and, and being an example for each other. I mean, I told you before that there was a, um, a letter in the Bible. I can't remember which one it was, but it talks about Instead of forcing it on other people or being corrupted by these other people, what we need to do is act as an example. Um, and that also means, you know, living these values regardless of, you know, whatever attacks may come. And a lot of that comes back to Jesus' sermon, of course. Um, and you And you can look at what he said about the kids that, you know, one of the apostles, I think it was Peter, it could have been Paul, no, not Paul, Peter, I think, was trying to, you know, get these kids to stop, like, bothering Jesus, but Jesus was like, no, let them come, and I will lay my hands up on their heads, and what you do for the least of these, ye also do to me, and that's, that's some potent shit right there, and it's not just the golden rule there, it's also, hey, it's not just not doing what I don't want uh, done to me, to others, it's also, hey, you know, why don't I, you know, try and fix this for them so that I can help them and so that, you know, we won't have as much division and hate. Yeah. I mean, it is it is live by that's, the word. That's that's it's, that's the policy there. And that's that's what I'm talking about with love thy neighbor. Yeah. And I, I think that you had it wrong whenever you said that, you know, it's just literally. No, 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 no. There, there are certain. Um, uh, one in our in the atheist playbook, there are several verses which explicitly are like, "Yes, go to that village," because it it's it's the like thy neighbor was in 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 I believe this is in the Old Testament. Okay, um, in in that very much kind of still, um, what's the word? Oh God, 
I just had a brain fart, but it's it, like in the Old Testament, it was very much like, no, the chosen people, chosen people was very much like, yes, you were the chosen people. They aren't. It's okay to burn their villages to the ground, spare only, you know, kill every man, woman, and child, but spare the virgin girls for yourself to take as your wives. That's some really dark Old but Testament then, shit. But then you can bring it but into, like, yeah. sorry, but then you can bring it into Revelation then and where it talks about, you know, the seals and the scrolls and the punishments that were rained down upon men. You know, the punishment of God is not enough, and God knows that. And you know, just sending messengers is also not enough. So he has to send uh, a new peace. And that new peace starts with us. We are the ones that are supposed to propagate that, you know, spread it out to all the nations. There's a reason why it's phrased that way. Yeah. And and I think, I think this might actually be solved, not solved, but certainly helped by maybe a, 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 a big thick kind of division in the Bible between the Old Testament and the New Testament that's very clear to any reader. Because uh, one of the big things that I see in modern Christians is they don't that they don't understand why Jesus came here in the first place. It was to forgive uh, humanity. It was to cast away the old laws, the old divisive, medieval, brutal, horrible laws of the Old Testament. If we lived by Old Testament law in this country, people, it would be a hellscape on earth of our own it creation. It was to fulfill yes. the law and propagate the law through fulfilling the spirit of the law and not the actual law themselves. I mean, if you look at the Old Testament, there's this one where, you know, if a, if a child dishonor, dishonors their parents, um, they can um, take them to the village elders and... The village elders, the, the council will then decide whether to kill the child or not. But there's a reason for that. It took the responsibility away from the parent and it took that ability away from the parent. And that's why you'll see never nowhere else in the Bible is uh, or in Jewish history is it has there ever been a conviction where, you know, they actually killed the child for that. And that's because they took that up. Uh, that evil ability away from man and made it into something that was removed and legal and something that was very much uh, more uh, level-headed and, and, you know, a decision made by more than just one person that was more wise than the person that was angry yes. at the moment. You know, that sort of spirit right there. Like, we need to remove ourselves uh, from uh, our emotional impulses as well. Like, that's part of the spirit of the law. And there, there's many things within the Torah where the law itself says one thing, but the spirit behind it is something completely different. And I think preachers are missing the mark there. And I think they're not relating enough back and forth to the New and Old Testament in that regard. Yes. And uh, you just invoked the um, casting stones metaphor, which is actually extremely powerful because, like, yes, it—, it you just made an excellent point in your framing of like yes take it take the take the disobedient child to the elders and l let the elders decide whether or not to stone them to death i i never really thought about it in that way because that's invoked a lot a lot in the bible uh, if if you on your wedding night you discover your wife is not a virgin drag her to the elders you know it's kind of like one of those common themes that keeps coming back up and stoning 
but there's a reason why it's created in a stoning legal to process. Death. Yes. I hope now you see that. But uh, framing it in, in that way, it's like, well, are the oldest and most wisest among us going going to allow your child to be stoned to death for disobedience or this woman for adultery or uh, impropriety or whatever? Probably not. And that's not something that people really think about. And I just realized Connor is going to fucking love this conversation. I'm certain if you don't know Connor Durding, you guys are going to be new best friends. <laughs> um, who, who's Connor? Connor's a podcast buddy of mine. He runs the daily discussion and this is like really like this is the jam over there. It's like it's like uh philosophical shit, you know? Like I love getting into philosophical shit, but I'm not like I'm not an academic and I don't have the language most of the time to talk about a lot of the things that I want to talk about. So I I love Connor's show because he's he's he gets very very deep into this stuff. I'm not a soup I mean I am a deep person, but I'm not like I'm not ready to go super, super, super deep on on uh, a lot of this stuff. I love theology. I love, like you guys, I, I talk about the dark parts in the Bible, but I also do talk about the good parts. Um, and, and one that we kind of, we kind of skipped past real quick. I, I mean, aside from the whole um, uh, stones and glass houses thing, which is, which is the whole, you know. But we we breezed over uh, in the Gospel of Matthew where he said, Thou shalt love uh, the Lord thy God with all thy heart and all thy soul and all thy mind. And the first and great commandment and the second is like unto it, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. You see God in, in your brothers and sisters that you share the earth with. That is very much a Jesus-y message. You know, it's like not like the, the Absolutely. love of God is the Adam love of yourself and it's the love of each other. God's image. That's why man was created in God's image and why throughout the Bible what we what God has been trying to get us to do is to respect each other as his image and respect the divinity in one another. I mean, you can look in Psalms and in Hebrews where it says, have I not made you as God's? That he has made us in that image for a reason, and that's why we don't have icons. That's why we don't have uh, uh, graven images, because we are that graven image, and we are supposed to be the one that we respect with that amount yes. of love. Oh my god, and, this is great! This is great, and I, I just have, I just have to interrupt because in that own image thing, that is a very powerful message to believers, but for non-believers or atheists, secular people. Like you can reword that and it makes just as much sense because either you can you can believe that God made us in his own image or you can believe that we made God in our own image. That's the it's the same thing. You guys, this is that weird reverse polarity quantum duality thing that I've been kind of digging at in like trying to understand even what people are fucking talking about when they use the word God but that really is it it's like yes either you can believe he made us in his image or that you know we made him in our image but what the thing that we're getting at is that it's something deeper it's something that is in us it exists inside us whether you whether whether you put the externality of the guy in the clouds there there's still that internalization. It's still very much within the doctrine that like, no, this is something that's inside of you. 
And you know the. And if you want to, and if you want to believe in the mystical doctrines like Gnosticism, um, they have this thing where you know we all are divinity in and of ourselves, and that if like this is some this is something different completely because they believe that the. Old Testament God was actually a false god, and that we were tricked into coming here. And He is the Yah, the Baoth, the Demiurge. Um, he is the one who creates a false world, and this whole world is an image, it's an imitation, and that's why they're suffering. And so our goal is to escape it through uh, rediscovering our divinity, wisdom, gnosis, and that's what they believe Christ was trying to uh, propagate. But you know that's neither here nor there. But if that appeals to you, this is this is a this is a um, meme or an uh, idea germ that's infected my brain now because Connor talks about religion and the religious experience. Like when I as a secular person, think about religion, I think about organized religion. But when he thinks about it, he thinks about what it actually means, which is just respect for the sacred. Um, respect for the sacred is really all that... Uh, it, it, it's the one It's the one thing. And you, you see, you can be Pocahontas, and you can see that in every rock and every tree. But ultimately, as a human, you need to see it in yourself, and you need to see it in others. And it doesn't have to be tied... Like the, the, the books, the scriptures, they can be valuable uh, teaching tools, valuable lessons, but that's the one thing that I think most people have lost is like, no, you are, this is a voyage of self-discovery. We're talking about something that are, that is a pre-existing thing inside of you, um, and we have to use all kinds of medieval metaphors and shit, uh, you know, abstract thoughts like stoning uh kids to death to tell these stories which is why i think it's so i think it would be much more pragmatic to just have this conversation for example and have that be the idea germ <laughs> that gets into people's brains rather than have to invoke this kind of like iron age mythological thing which is cool and uh you should study so Memo always said i need to be a preacher <laughs> you you already are brother like we're we're both doing it in our own way which is which is bizarre I've never I've it and I I did preface this by saying that I don't I don't see myself by any stretch of the imagination as any kind of any kind of messiah but I realized that like fundamentally what I am doing right now is preaching. Um I I've been preaching human values, humanity first on the show for, you know, uh, uh since its inception, you know, I've been preaching critical thinking and um uh, and and I I I guess compassion and empathy, but like with a strong dose of you know snarky like derision and shitpostiness. But yes, flags, man. You always have to have a notepad ready, <laughs> like because these are great, and you you better be ready to do them like all the time. Because uh, listeners, <laughs> I'd like to add something. Flag, in, flag, um, go. Yes. If you bring in uh, something that you said earlier about. Um, being a, a Christ, you know, something that you said earlier to me. Um, it also, and, and also about, you know, the village elders and in their wisdom, not going to kill the kid, not going to kill, you know, the wife for not being a virgin at the time. I mean, for all we know, she could have been raped. <laughs> so there's that. But then if you look at it over the generations, you know, the Jewish people had lost their faith in God, had lost their connection to God. Through their own corruption. And so we had this time where they returned 
And if you look in the books of, uh, I can't, dang it, if I had my Bible out in front of me, I could tell you. But it was where they tried to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem and rebuild the temple. And it was all, like, we thought this was going to be something grand. But in the end, it ended up being a disappointment of man's effort. And it showed just how far the Jewish people had fallen. And so if you take that and then go right into the next story, uh, well, it's not literally the next story. But if you go right into the New Testament, you know, they lost their wisdom. They lost their, quote-unquote, wise elders. So, in favor of their false kings. And so Jesus, at that point, could be said to be a revival of the elder tradition, a revival of, of wisdoms, a new uh, someone to actually spread that wisdom out so that it's not lost anymore. I was trying to pull it up, and uh, I got a bunch of Bible verses on walls. Hold on just a second. I'll... I'll just pull up uh, the books of the Bible and I'll tell you. This is great, man. This... Wait, never mind. I think it was Ezra and Nehemiah. I think it was Ezra and mm, Nehemiah. Jerusalem wall has been broken down and its gates have been burned down. When I heard these things, I sat down and wept. Nehemiah 1, 3 to 4. Um, that's not the one we were looking for. Lamentations also talks about the fall of Jerusalem, but that's more like a... You know, just wailing at the fact that of how far uh, Israel has fallen and, and how far the people have fallen and asking to be raised up. So that also is, is pertinent, I guess. Here's a, I, I think this is the, I'm getting this from the wall.org.uk, um, walls in scripture. And and this feels relevant to Revelations. Um, is it, God, my font's tiny. Um Chapter 21, verses uh, 9 through 27, describes a holy city descending from heaven. The new Jerusalem has a massive high wall, according to verse 12. And uh, building material of the wall was jasper, which doesn't make sense in the modern context to us. Uh, but it's it, the, the, the illusion there, illusion, not illusion, um, is that it's not a barrier or an exclusion. It's a thing of beauty and awe. You know, whether it's a vision, uh, literal, metaphorical, um, biblical walls are not always negative, um, which I think I I don't know like why, but that just stood out to me. Um, is because that's really the thing that we're getting at is that like you know walls can be bridges too <laughs> or something uh, to to wait to use weird mixed Within metaphors. Within every wall is a gate. Yeah, there you go, man. Yeah. See, you're you're better at the wordy word bits. Um, cause we're, we're, we're digging at something that's, that obviously these ideas are ancient. They've been with us for fucking ever, but so much of it is that people have lost touch with the original thing. And they're just like, no, I'm this thing. Here's uh here's my flag. I'm a nationalist. Uh, that's the thing we're pointing out so much of it. And, and so many modern Christians, I feel like have really kind of lost the core message there. And think about it, man. Think about it. 
these people, you know, they they have the Bible and they say that they read it, but they really don't. They just follow oh, what the don't. preacher tells them and, and read what the preacher tells them to read. And, you and you know, I talked about how Jesus was a revival of this wise elder tradition and spreading the wisdom out to the people, you know, as a prophet would in order to make sure that it doesn't die. But now we have false prophets again and people are following them above God again. So where are you, Christians? Where mm. are you in, in your wisdom? Why aren't you reading the Bible and seeing this for what it really is? Why aren't you spreading this message rather than the one that the preacher shouts down at you? Right. You it's that, this. It's... You need to have this journey and you need to start preaching. Church isn't for you to just sit for an hour and be like, oh, yeah, I'm going to heaven now. It's Church so is meant to prepare bro. you. Uh, to go out into the world and preach yourself, but at the, but now it's just it's been completely corrupted and ruined, and and you're allowing it if you're not calling it out. So where are you, preachers? Where are you, Christians? Where yes. are you, good people that you know believe these things? And this where are yes, you? Yes, this is this is secular too, because the same phenomenon describes describes the Andrew Yang thing. People. Uh, doing the idol thing to, you know, don't worship fucking false idols. Anybody who was worshiping Andrew Yang missed the fucking point. You know, it's, and that's why none of us stopped doing what we're doing as content creators because the message didn't change because it was, it preceded Andrew. It was underlying everything. He was just the messenger. Okay. He wasn't our fucking idol. We didn't worship the guy. He and, is a pretty and damn good messenger. He's though. a beautiful mess. He's the best messenger we've ever had on this stuff. Uh, is in this country as far as I'm concerned, but it, it wasn't him, okay? And this is the thing that Christians need to understand. It wasn't Jesus, the guy, like, in flesh and blood, let's worship him. No, listen to the fucking message because it precedes him. It's, you know, if I got to take a cosmos again, God, it's all that ever was idol. or will be, you know? It's, it's preceding. It's an underlying thing that he was trying to dig at, and if you're just worshiping him, you're doing Christianity wrong. You're doing it wrong. Basically, treat treat him as a prophet of God and listen to the words and message of God and not worshiping him as an idol. I mean, this could not have been more clear in the teachings. I don't understand how so many people got confused about this, honestly. Well, there are so many atheists that also get it confused because they only take a few verses and then they don't understand it. Well, it does, it does, and this is why, this is why I don't, I don't like identifying as an atheist, because I am, I am approaching this, I, I approach the Bible if I'm reading it, um, at, yes, I approach it with derision most of the time, because I'm a snarky dick, but I approach it as literature, and I, I approach it as a theological study, I'm really trying to, I'm not taking this as like, this is word on high, this is, this is what the creator of the universe wants me to believe, I take it as like these are the words of man that are inspired by the thing that we're talking about, which which is one, spelled as God. Way, but no, I, I this this is this is something that I think you know uh, theologians would agree with is that if you're reading the Bible or the Quran, and I I realize I'm saying Quran and not Quran because I'm not from Texas, um, if you're reading it as the literal truth the the word the whispers from the creator of the universe into your ear as text 
you have a very different mindset from if you read it as like these this is men men and women i probably women maybe i don't know i don't want to assume gender um men wrote those books okay and they were and if you read them it's very clear that like no these are these people were inspired by the higher calling god spoke to them quote unquote and as an atheist you're like okay you hear voices you're a crazy person but if you understand that we didn't have our language wasn't as complex back then and we had to invoke a lot more metaphor and and myth and shit than we do today because we can just say what the fuck we mean um it really is it's a loss in translation thing it really kind of it I, I think we're like but even if you uh, believe it to be a message directly from the creator i mean that's still a valid way of thinking but you can't just take it at face value if it really is a message from the creator you have a responsibility to look into it and you have a responsibility to really study it and think about the message behind the actual words and think about the message beyond the message and, and what these actually mean, their implications, you know, utilize all of the things that you learn in fucking English class in third grade <laughs> and actually read it and, and, and understand it. That understanding is what is important. And a lot of people don't understand it these days. They're just they want to shout it into the wind for some reason. Because it's a tribe. It's a tribal thing. And this this gets back to the shirking of personal responsibility, which is is like you know, you are, you will be judged, you know, judge, uh, do not judge others lest you be judged yourself. This is very much biblically in line with... This goes back to the motto yeah. of the show, you know, let's get mythological myth, <laughs> make yourself, yourself think harder. harder. Yeah, man, that that's what it is. It, it's the shirking of personal responsibility. If you can't live uh, as Christ in your life and, and the best thing that you have is to show up uh, to some social gathering every Sunday to kind of, you know, dress up, dress up fancy and listen to music and, and listen to some guy at the podium and you worship him, you're doing it wrong. You're doing it wrong. It, and this is, you need to understand, this is coming from an atheist. <laughs> and, of course, a Christian who has never been to seminary, but at the same time, I make much more sense than a freaking... Uh, preacher nowadays, especially in the South, I make much more sense. Yeah, we talked about snake people because because uh, because I was like we were we were talking about the different uh, sects of radical fundamentalists, and uh, you know the Mormons got it invoked or whatever, and and I, and I mentioned I mentioned Southern Baptists, and you're like, whoa, bro, hey, I'm a Southern Baptist. I'm like, well, I'm talking about the snake people. <laughs> Is the snake people fair? <laughs> Well, I was I was raised in a Southern Baptist household. I'm not saying I'm a Southern Baptist now. Right now, I would say that I'm really against all the different doctrines. Like, I like even whenever you just look into the doctrine that that the church preaches about Satan. Satan was never an angel. That's never in the text. Whenever they point out different verses about you know Satan and Lucifer and blah da 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 da, they're actually if you pay attention to the verses preceding that. They're talking to kings that have wasted their potential and their power on on false uh, things, on false gods, on false uh, premises, on conquering, and, and they're not living up to their true potential. That's what those verses are. They're enemies because they've wasted all of this. And that's, you know, what those verses are. Satan himself 
he might be a rival god, but he was never an angel. That was adopted later because of Paradise Lost into Catholic doctrine and somehow hmm. spread into Protestant <laughs> doctrine. <laughs> Nothing to do with the text. The, like, this is an interesting revelation for me. Using the whenever <laughs> I look into these sort of things, I end up seeing that every church has this wrong, and that's why I've thought about you know starting my own sort of church and saying that it's like a new reformist Catholic sort of thing because I believe I want to get back to the original church. I want to get back to the original teachings. I want to get back to the text, and I want to get back to an understanding, but. I don't know. I've I've not fired that particular gun yet. Chandler, tell the audience how old you are. He's 21, you guys. <laughs> You're going to change the world, brother. You're going to change it, man. Like and, and this Team is money for that and I'm flat broke. <laughs> <laughs> well, th- this is a this is a good uh point for the listener because we've had some audio issues. Chandler doesn't have headphones. So he has to turn his speakers way fucking down so that I'm not bouncing back. We've still gotten a little bit of audio crunchiness, but um, I'm going to use show funds to send him a pair of studio headphones and a, a studio mic like I sent Jareen. So if you would like to help make that happen, if you think that's a rad fucking cool idea and you want to hear Chandler on this show much more and you want to hear him on the daily discussion because Connor is going to eat you up like a delicious snack he's gonna fucking like i can already tell (laughs) you are made for the daily discussion i gotta get you in there immediately uh but uh man we we need to get chandler's voice out there so if you would like to help me send him some headphones and a microphone uh, I I very much plan on doing that. Shit, if you'd like uh, to help me get a new computer because my screen's busted up too. I mean, you can send me money on PayPal. Like <laughs> one step at a time. I should be on the website, but it's also you know PayPal.me slash Chandler Bryant one C H A N D L E R B R Y A N T all one word all lowercase and then a one at the end. Yeah, it's about amplifying amplifying the voices that you believe in, um, and and Mindwave is very much about that. You know what I mean? And this is why, like, initially... Hey, if I can turn this into a career, I definitely freaking will. <laughs> chase it, man. Chase chase your fucking dreams. I, I would be... No, uh... what I mean, it's like, please send me money, people, please. <laughs> well, Mindwave is going to send you the the first pieces to, uh, to the next step, man, which is just being Absolutely. able to get your voice and... and headphones just like those two things and microphone and headphones are going to radically we'll we'll work up we'll work up to that are we talking about a blue yeti microphone or something uh i have i have a a pretty affordable usb uh condenser mic that's in my amazon well i got one of those uh, it's called from, it's from uh fifine or something like fifine or oh, f-i-f-i-n-e or something like that. it's a chinese knockoff brand oh i gotcha yeah, no, it, we we have a good one that uh, the initial plan was to send the mics out and then have like a hard case with a lock or something that we send around to people. Uh, but really, ultimately, fundamentally, if I am buying you shit on Amazon and sending it to your house, you can fucking keep it. Uh, <laughs> oh, hey, that, hey, that's fucking cool, so, man. Uh, so, yes, become a friend of the show at mindwave.media. Send me some money so I can help uh, get Chandler... Uh, at least some headphones so that we can or just send me some directly yeah. i mean or it, that you know. 
or that too <laughs> that too man we're all in the same kind of boat here i i haven't elaborated too much uh publicly yeah, like, but i mean i'm I in a situation money. myself he's got his freaking 2020 mac macbook pro though uh i literally am like i cashed out I, my I retirement have, like, less than a month. Huh? I cashed out my retirement to buy this machine. I did not have four thousand dollars laying around. I gave up. I sacrificed my future. I totally like. I bore the cross to make this happen, guys. If we're if we're going biblical metaphors, let's drive the nail right the fuck into that. I crucified myself to make this show happen. <laughs> I really yeah, did. I hope you guys I, realize that. I'm pretty sure he doesn't wait. He doesn't want to wait to the year of jubilee to to get out of debt slavery. So please. Please help him, and please help me, honestly, because I was telling you before that I have $2,000 in, in uh, hospital bills that I still haven't paid back, and Virginia's floating this law around their legislature that uh, if I, if uh, someone doesn't pay their uh, debts, then they can go to prison, so there's also that. Jesus. Oh, man. So, mu- so many good places. I made, I made flags for... Um, to kind of to talk about Trump and especially like with the Taliban because we, we we talked about that earlier and then we kind of breezed over it um, when we actually got into Recordy Town, um, but we're at about an hour here, so I don't know where do you feel like going, man? How much energy do you have? How much bandwidth do you have left? Because I'm good to go for fucking hell. I'm, I'm good to go for now, dude. This ain't like I don't I don't pay for the Wi-Fi right now. <laughs> I live in someone else's house. Uh, Tentatively, I like there's pretty good chance I could lose my place to live. I, so I also need I, money for rent I, I, and, and, and to be able to hunt down a place. <laughs> I am in the exact same <laughs> boat, brother. I'm, I'm in my last month at my current place and I don't know where I'm going. Um, but what, <laughs> yeah, what we so, uh, like, please, mind wave. Dig into your pocketbooks. <laughs> like I know this is—it doesn't sound good, but at the same time, at the please. same time, at the same time, if you listen to this show and you appreciate that I don't spend 15 minutes at the beginning of it hawking energy supplements like fucking Joe Rogan, give me some goddamn money <laughs> so that I can do cool shit like buy Chandler stuff so that he can spread his beautiful voice, man. Uh, at any rate, well, at any you. rate, we're we're at about I, I, an. I like, that you, I like the fact that you uh, call call my voice beautiful, man. It's <laughs> it's it's the substance, man. It you you got a great tone too. <laughs> As a fire <laughs> starting in my heart, reaching a fever pitch, it's bringing me out dark. <laughs> I might just have to auto tune that. <laughs> We are going to take a quick break, guys, and we will be right back with uh, Cotton Candy Christ, a Jesus story with Chandler Bryant. (laughs) We are back with Chandler Bryant, and we we took a quick break. I don't know if you got a potty break in, but I I did not. We're just we're just getting right back into it because Jesus loved <laughs> Jesus loved hookers. You guys, uh, Chandler was telling me they just like in terms of like getting the doctrine right, uh, but maybe not living by it because you have an interesting sex life too. That I don't know if you want to share that publicly, but that's interesting. 
I, I ha- I'm in a polyamorous relationship with a hermaphrodite and some other people. Uh, so as far as typical practice, I definitely do not fit the bill. But as far as doctrine, you'll you'll probably not find someone else within a hundred mile radius. Of yeah, but the, that that, the, the important point there, uh, listener, is that Jesus like regularly supped with the pores, with the uh, with the squalor, with the prostitutes. He loved hanging out with hookers. <laughs> Read the Bible, motherfuckers. <laughs> Jesus loved hookers, and that's because poor back in the in the Hebrew language, poor did not mean just you know wealth poverty like we see uh, said nowadays. Uh, Jesus also hung out with Roman soldiers, tax collectors. I mean, Matthew used to be known as Levi, the tax collector, um, and these people like they were far from being uh, you know poor. Uh, by, you know, living in squalor, they were also, you know, outcasts. And that's what the poor uh, means. It's outcasts. And if you look at America today, I'm sorry to bring this back no, in. never uh, apologize. I'm to sound like an evangelical creature, uh, a preacher. But uh, America today, it's filled with, quote unquote, poor people by Hebrew standards, by biblical yes. standards, because we're all outcasts to the process. And so that's a lot of, if I may bring Andrew Yang back into this, and that's why Andrew Yang's message kind of resonated with the poor the most because we were the most fertile ground to plant the seed. We weren't the people entrenched in uh, you know, our ideas. We weren't entrenched into the system and into our wealth. And so we had we were like seeds in the wind, you know, and we needed fertile ground to plant ourselves in. And we were also the fertile ground for him, for him to plant his seed in. Uh, if we're, I hope that that doesn't, it totally you know, sounded sexual. That's fine. Like hentai or something. <laughs> but that's, that's exactly why the message resonated with us. I mean, I mean, fuck dude, a UBI would help the working poor and the poor the most. Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. And, but, and there, there's an important uh, distinction there between the monetarily poor and the spiritually poor. Although nowadays, the monetarily poor are also the outcasts of the general system. Yes. All of us that are that are the monetarily poor. Yes, it is. And, and off-air, I invoked the, um, the Hindu caste system of the untouchables. It really is kind of that. Uh, that level of dehumanization that we, that we inflict on the worst off among us, you know, be that, be that, uh, financially, be that psychologically, be that, um, you, you know, any, any, any domain you want to go into down that rabbit hole. I mean, that really is, it is, it is a caste system of our own making. Um, and, and so much of our political discourse is, is just chock full of this shit. It's and, sad. And exactly. And that's where the whole mindset of scarcity comes in. That's where the whole, uh, you know, we need to be humanity first comes in and, the, and you know, reclaiming patriotism and, and bringing us back to a certain standard. And it's also like if you look at our foreign policy, since we wanted to talk about Trump and the Taliban, yeah. How do you think the Taliban are feeling? How do you think these are not just the Taliban, but how do you think the people of Afghanistan, Iraq, and these other places are, are feeling whenever we come in and we're like, hey, um, yeah, that's a nice country you got there, but we're going to make it better. But uh, <laughs> yeah, we come in and we bomb the fuck out of them. America, and, and then we end up, 
you know, pushing our own values onto them. And we are looked at as a sort of oppressive elite at that point. And they're the outcasts. So, yeah. of course, they're going to band together uh, under their own values and fight against us. I mean, that's just an of course thing. Yeah. And we that's how we deserve to be received. If that's how we're going in, <laughs> that's exactly how we deserve to be received. And this is this goes back to the importance of diplomacy. See the earlier segment for Christian values. <laughs> yes. Please refer to the previous chapter. <coughs> <coughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> A biology accident. Wrong, wrong pipe. Uh, oh, this is, this is fucking great, guys, because we came back from the break. And this whole, this whole uh, last bit at the end of the last thing where... Chandler's telling me he had a good mic, and I was like, well, it sounds like you're in a bathroom. Dude, can you check that real quick? Uh, he's coming in full studio now. So, uh, yeah, no, he, yeah, his mic is fine. Uh, the audio guy failed to figure in the fact that, hey, maybe the audio settings on the website we're using are not like directly configured with my microphone. Thanks, I'm trying Chandler. to get better. I'm trying to get better, you guys. It's I run into my own problems with this platform all the time. But I'm so glad that you're coming through clearly now. So really, we just need to raise like 25 bucks um, to send Chandler headphones so that um, I'm not bouncing back on his end. Because right now he's playing me through computer speakers and he can barely hear me. Um, so yeah, that's 25 bucks. That is just five new members of the universe. That's all that would take at, a, at the $5 level or more on, on the website. Mindwave.media. If you become honestly, a friend of the show, we were talking before, like literally, we were talking about how we, um, how we both are at the point where we might lose the place, lose our place to live. And honestly, <laughs> um, we need to have this conversation. From what generous told me, we we have thousands of listeners. I'm not sure. Are we live right now, or is this going to be a recording? Uh, we're recording. It'll. Uh, I'm going to pre-produce it and put it out. I got some editing work to do. <laughs> okay. Well. Okay, stop looking the freaking But yeah, there. wait, I, but, um, I believe we, we, our listenership like, is around 5K. Like, if just like a hundred of you sent a dollar to uh, us, or, or, you know, that would help. Or, you know, 300 of you would send a dollar to us. That would really help because... Oh, it's insane. We need rent. <laughs> we need it, rent and we need food. <laughs> it, is in, it is insane how, how much, literally how much a dollar... Um, can make, which is why I made a dollar tier, which is just like a thank you tier of like, thank you for doing this work. I can't afford to pay you every month, but like, please keep this going. We have a dollar tier there explicitly for that reason. And you guys have no idea. Like if, if that is the main, our, our main category, conceivably we could get most of our support from our dollar patrons just because there's more of you out there you know what i mean that have that might not have 10 or 15 or 20 bucks to spare like some of the other um friends of the show but if it's just a dollar like literally literally right now if the tiniest percentage of you gave us a dollar that would be like okay i have equipment like boom amazon cart like, I'm sending Chandler shit, like, just because, like, this needs to happen. This work needs to fucking happen. 
Um, if you support and, the message getting out there, then support the message being yeah. out there. We don't like, okay, we do need you to proselytize, but we also need some scaffolds under our fucking bridge, man. <laughs> we need people to actually like hold this up monetarily. And I'm sorry if I'm, if I'm being forceful with that, but it's the truth. I haven't found I a good way to do it, bro. He's licking the freaking floor, so I'll be back. <laughs> it's great. Uh, I'll I'll fill in the blanks here. I haven't found a good way to do that. Um, to like tell you how important it is to actually support this work, because um nobody else is. We're not playing the click game. We're not doing the ad game. We're not doing any of that other shit. So it really is up to you, the listener, as to whether or not this show continues. And it, it that is. A burden, a fucked up burden that I am, I'm sorry I'm putting that burden on you, but it's a burden of like a dollar. And if you can't afford that dollar, I seriously fucking understand I cannot afford that dollar most of the time. But, but, bringing it back into a previous episode, if you can't afford that dollar, you can still help get this out there. You can rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. You can share us on social media. You can go into your, you know, obscure Facebook group and share this, um, share this episode and get it out there. That's your way to contribute if you don't have the dollar. So I, this is not a me telling you no. If you like this show, give me money. Um, if if you like this show and have money to give, if you value it as much as a cup of coffee, then it really is important for you to show that because uh you know fucking reasons fucking reasons like i said like our, our model since day one has been we're not gonna fucking play that game we're not doing the ad shit we're not doing the the clicks which all that nonsense um so i'm gonna wait for chandler to get back here his doggy was doing something um doggy ish and licking the floor apparently which my dogs do uh so he has disappeared and I ran out of time for my support pitch because I really don't like doing them. Honest, honest to God, uh, lowercase g, I do not like doing support pitches at all. It feels like one of the worst <laughs> things, but at the same time, like, uh, <laughs> needs to happen. Needs to happen. So we will wait for channel here. I'm going to probably pop some uh, elevator music in here in the meantime. And we'll be back. Question mark. What did I fucking miss? Oh, you missed my my pathetic attempt at a support pitch. Oh, what'd you say? Uh, Default stuff. Default huh? stuff. That sounds like a big puppy. Is that a big slobbery puppy with big, big puppy paws? Oh, he's a he's a black lab. Yeah, he's old. Oh my god, I can just tell. I could tell by the sounds of the nails on the floor. I'm like that is and the and the breath. I, that is a big slobbery puppy who I want to have a big cuddle nap with. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. He's a. He's an amazing dog. He's sweet. But uh, yeah, what'd you say to the masses about money? Oh, just a continuation of my pitch for 
you know, supporting the show, which which I understand that a lot of people aren't able to do monetarily, and that's okay. It's about, the ultimately, it's about spreading the message. So if they can't afford the dollar, if they can afford the dollar, great, absolutely do it. But if you can't afford the dollar, then like, that's your opportunity to spread and share the message, you know, and rate us on Apple, for example. <laughs> we only have absolutely. one. So, share it. Like, freaking, a, a big part of why YouTubers, uh, their message doesn't get out there or their content doesn't get out there is because a lot of people don't share it with their friends. Uh, but, hey, hey, if you like the content, share it with other people, man. Yeah, even if it's, uh, you know, and this has been, as far as Mindwave goes, this has been a spectacularly kind of just enlightening, mostly benign kind of... Uh, not benign, but uh, a lot of my content lately has been edgy, let's say. So, no, this is great. I take credit for that. Uh, I I don't think I can share credit for how edgy this show has been lately. <laughs> uh, I've gone off the rails a few times, but it's important. It's about important stuff, and I'm going to find more productive ways to do that. Um, you know, but it I just have to put it out the way that it is i really am getting back to that like cindy lopper show your true colors if you don't like my colors uh fucking buy i guess i don't know um hey, i'm a hot blue fire he's a hot pink fire we're both cotton candy it's, and we're, we're making cotton candy fucking magic. <laughs> i know this is delicious this is why it's Cotton Candy Christ, man, because this is a delicious conversation about Jesus that probably would not have happened anywhere else <laughs> between these two particular people from these two particular backgrounds. We have had a fascinating conversation about Jesus, which is fucking weird. Like my Christian yeah. friends and family are going to be like, that is fucking weird, Jenner. <laughs> And I'm like, I know, and I love it. <laughs> hey, you know, I mean, a Christian and an atheist can get along as, you know, you make an effort to get along and listen to one another and find the commonalities, you know, humanity first. Yeah, it's about, you know, you know how you, you know how you can, uh, can see your brothers and sisters. You have to stand on the same ground, find the ground motherfuckers uh and i realize i'm totally mixing up my metaphors now because my whole thing is like not left not right it's up bro i got so much backlash for that all oh, that little teaser that i made for your humanity first episode i got so much backlash like how dare you say andrew yang is wrong and i'm like i'm not really saying he's wrong you guys it's a rhetorical device scene section one and two for idol worship <laughs> yeah big time Big fucking time. I no, mean, that it, might it, be a hot take, but again, don't don't get me wrong. I love Andrew Yang and his message, and I think he he course. might have been a little bit ahead of his time, but I, I think he was needed. But who knows? Maybe we need a little transition in between. But he is definitely a leader of the future, and I love his message and I love his solutions. I love the idea of post scarcity. I love the idea. Hey, let's put our fucking factories in space and you know embrace automation and space travel and technology as a whole as 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 an economic engine i love that oh man so don't get me wrong there but at the same time i can acknowledge that sometimes you know some things need to be tweaked that's all 
This is great. And this is actually, I'm a little disappointed that Andrew dropped out so that I could not give him, I could not sit him down and tell him how important exp- space exploration is um, because he didn't have that as a as one of his pillars and it fucking Dude, needed to be. If he would have talked about ending climate change through putting our our industry in space instead of on Earth, I think that would have made people turn their heads. Exactly, <laughs> motherfuckers. It's up. It's up. It's not just forward. It's up. And uh, Andrew or uh, uh, all of the uh, former Andrew Yang staffers who listen to the show, I know there are a bunch of you who used to work with him. Uh, or yeah, still do in some capacity. Like Bloomberg, so. But <laughs> yeah, man, watching the Yang gang disintegrate has been pretty interesting. A lot of them have gone to, uh, many of them went to Bernie, many of them went to Warren, some of them are going oh, well, to Biden. Bernie, but a lot of them are still like, still voting Yang. Independent like, and don't know where the fuck to go, which is like where but a lot of them we are step in. About, here, here's the state of the Yang gang right now. A lot of the Yang gang are actually feeling hopeful about Biden because of this one in South Carolina because they saw the momentum from Nevada translate into some momentum in South Carolina. And then we're hoping that that South Carolina win will you know, help him overtake Bloomberg. I'm hoping Bloomberg just fucking drops out and starts supporting Biden because Biden is our biggest uh, chance to uh, get Andrew Yang as a VP. I mean, he did say that Andrew would be the first one he calls whenever he needs something, right? So. Now, now this is this is the part where I am totally okay playing the weird prophet in the cave who sees the future because I I predicted several things that just happened. I said Pete was going to drop out. He just dropped out. I said Amy Klomachar was going to drop out. She just dropped out. Um, Wait, what? She did? I didn't see that. That literally within this conversation, she dropped out. Holy shit! Steyer is gone. Biden has got it. I think they're. I think everyone's starting to back Biden because it's, a lot of Steyer support will. Came from it's Biden, whittling so, yeah. down, bro. You know what it is because, and this is something that Andrew saw too, which is I think why he suspended his campaign because he's like, this huge mess is just a dumpster fire. I can be more valuable over here, being a part of the media. Hey, then I can he also hear said that I think I saw one thing with Andrew where he said that Bernie represents the bitterness and rage of, of the poor Americans. And, you know, Bloomberg represents managerial skill and experience. But Biden represents p- compassion and passion that uh, really resonates with the regular voter. I think that's like a semi endorsement right there. And he's trying to tell us something. So, yeah. No, you guys, and uh, I guess I'm going to put it out. This is my prediction, okay? The field is going to narrow. It's going to continue to narrow. It's going to be between Biden and Bernie. That's going to be the, 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 the face-off. We're going to have Biden and Bernie. And you know what I think is going to happen? I think Andrew is going to swoop in now that everybody else is off the board. I think Andrew is going to swoop in. He's going to team up with Biden. They're going to get the Obama endorsement and they're going to win this whole fucking knockout fucking punch. Okay. And Bernie bros, I am sorry. I will. I will just for you. I will set up a new, a new uh, swag shack on the website where you can buy a uh, coffee mug that says Bernie bro tears, because I'm pretty sure that's what's going to happen. Um, I'm not a I'm not a fortune teller, but I'm pretty sure that's what's going to happen. And hey, um, as far as Bernie goes, I'm just going to say this: a lot of you Bernie Bros, like 
don't take this as Jenner or the or the podcast. This is me. You guys have constantly harassed us, and anytime we try to talk about the issues, you brought up a whole bunch of crap. Like, oh, you're saving capitalism, duh. Oh, you're just trying to uh, make the system, you know, uh, support itself. I mean, billionaires shouldn't exist. Blah, 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 blah. These talking points, these talking points. And then you brought up uh, AOC's criticism of UBI. We are trying to help America without making us go into wage slavery. Like, we're trying to end wage slavery, something that all you socialists and communists yeah. should be backing us on. <laughs> but, you know. We pick on uh, them on you, this show. And, and I pick on them online, on and it's own, for a fucking you, reason. And you harassed us on our own posts. Uh, a lot of yep. the surrogates for uh, Andrew Yang's, I mean, not Andrew Yang's, but, but from Bernie's uh, campaign, you know, called out Yang for being a capitalist. Duh! That's kind of the whole point. Uh, but anyways, yeah. you guys... And this is why I was like, I'm, I'm I might gonna, back Warren... <laughs> You, you guys have been hella toxic to us, and I'm not going to apologize when I say, fuck you, okay? Preach. Preach, new Jesus. Chandler Bryant, new Jesus of the Mindwave universe. <laughs> oh God, no, they, right. they no, need no, to I'm fucking not, hear you're it. Gonna because... alienate people from me. You're going you're gonna to make people think <laughs> I'm claiming uh, Jesus now. Uh, no, 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 but it is really important that, like, I'm sure people on my own timeline have seen this where I'm like, I'm calling out the Bernie bros. I'm like, yeah, because they are the fucking worst right now. It's not the Trump people. It's those motherfuckers. And it's not even all Bernie people. But, like, no, as soon as Andrew Yang dropped out, because they were watching me the whole time. They weren't listening to the show, but they were the, watching the me Bernie post bro, about it. The, the Bernie Bros tried to, like, swoop in like a fucking, like, vultures. vulture and eat up vultures. the fucking Yang Yang. Yes. God, no. Like, this is why a lot of us are still voting Yang. And, like, you make posts on Twitter like, hey, Andrew Yang, tell your supporters to support uh, Bernie for the sake of our democracy. And it's like, Fuck after all the shit you've you. given us, Fuck you. Fuck you. You guys have treated us like shit this whole time when most of us newsflash motherfuckers supported Bernie in 2016 and were pissed off by what happened to Andrew Yang for the same reason we were pissed off in 2016 because they did the same shit to Bernie. You know, I was like six. I was I was I was 17 at the time before the election. I, would, I turned 18 on December 2nd. I actually did support free college because, hey, I needed it at the time to get ahead because there's no way that someone like me that comes from a poor background and a working poor background where the family has been, uh, you know, in debt for so many years and there's no way to get out of it because, you know, a lot of our, our folks are on Social Security because I have an older generation family, you know. Um, I, there's no way I could like go to college within the first few years. And you'll see now I'm 21. I still haven't gone to fucking college because I can't get the financial support to do it. And so like, I definitely needed Bernie to win in 2016. He didn't, he was screwed over by Hillary. And I, and then there was this whole thing about, you know, Oh, white people don't have an opinion, opinion. White men don't matter. Uh, white men should just disappear off the face of the earth. That was an actual article, by the way. Like, and yeah. I was just like, like, a big fuck you is kind of my politics at that point. And that's why I went with Trump. And did I get ideologically, you know, radical at the time and go full Nazi? Yeah, I did. I was led astray. But at the same time, like, I was provoked and backed into a corner. What the fuck do you think I was going to do? Yeah, this is a, this is one thing that especially people on the left don't realize is that they created the alt-right. 
<laughs> they are the masters of that fucking Frankenstein monster uh, that's that's tearing us apart. Like the far left created the fall, the far right. They really kind of created each other, and they're fueling each other. And it's the outrage machine. They're think that that's, that's why I'm now they're trying to tear us apart. I now call myself the new right. Like I support you know capitalism and democracy, and I'm not I'm not pro open borders. I'm definitely pro uh, border control, but you know that's just because of pre- of preserving the nation state itself. Uh, but at the same time, you know, I'm a humanity first guy. I think that we should give these people asylum. I think that we should give asylum seekers a path to visas and visa holders a path to citizenship. And I definitely think that we like, here's the thing. We're wasting our resources on wars in the Middle East and Asia. A lot of what we could do to end the migrant crisis, uh, over here on the Western side is go after the dictators that are in our own a fucking continent and in Central America, the Northern Triangle, they're controlled by narco dictators. Where's our foreign policy there? You know what I mean? Um, But anyways, you know, I support a tight labor market. And I think instead of, you know, uh, severe border control like Trump's trying to do and like exclude everyone from the nation, I think instead what we need to do is like Andrew Yang wanted to do and like Jenner talked about is raising the standard up and raising the economy up to the point where people like a, we can end wage slavery and B we can uh, be a lot more prosperous than we are now. And it won't be a problem to let these people in. Yeah. It, you said, you said uh, that you, you, you're talking about the new right. I'm like, no, you really are alt center. (laughs) <laughs> which is which is something that I'm embracing. It's like, no, it's like left and right are both wrong. And like even the middle position is a little bit wrong. We need to go up in a completely new axis from the middle. You were you really are like a radical centrist. I, I, I'm not sure if you've been indoctrinated into radical centrism, but you really are a radical centrist. Yeah, semi-automated business class radical centrism, motherfuckers. I love semi I love fully automated luxury gay space communism. I feel like that is a message we can all rally behind. Communism part, you know, uh, as we as we've talked well, about if it's, before. If it's if it's space communism, if it's Star Trek style communism where everybody has a synthesizer it's, in it, their no, 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 quarters. No, it's, it's not- <laughs> communism at all at that point it's it's post-scarcity capitalism yeah yeah and i love how this is this is what it opened up the whole the whole thing because i'm just here i'm groggy i'm waking up and you're like bro i'm thinking about the post-scarcity future and i'm like i am stuck in the mud and you're like two seconds later let's talk and then it got into this awesome conversation about foreign policy and fucking jesus and i'm like yes uh this is fucking fantastic this is why mindwave exists like it really is <laughs> to capture these beautiful fucking moments oh man where i'm going to need a monster uh here i'm dry so i'm i'm going to tiptoe my way into the living room to my mini fridge to grab another beverage uh, feel All right, f- I guess I'll uh, talk to the people. Feel, um, yeah, fill in the blanks, man. <laughs> I'll be right back. Yeah, definitely. Okay, people, um, <laughs> ignore the communism part because here, here's, a, here's a concept that I don't think a lot of people touch on with socialism and communism. It's not uh, like communism and socialism, they're one thing. They're not the same as welfare. 
Welfare is just a necessary function within a capitalist society in order to make sure that nobody ends up with, you know, uh, too much or too little. Um, sometimes there does need to be some kind of redistribution, and that comes through taxes and through welfare, of course. And that's how you keep people in the game. And um, as far as communism and socialism, they have nothing to do with that. All they are are monopolies ordained by law. Like the whole function of a state-driven economy is, you know, they have a monopoly on economic functions and, you know, they drive the economy themselves by by diktat and, and by mandate. And that's, you know, that's not only anti-freedom because, you know, business freedom, whatever some people say, but um, it's also it's also just it's not economically feasible and it doesn't bring the most um, it, it doesn't bring the most benefit to the people. I and instead, you need to embrace um, something a bit more in the middle where, yes, we have capitalism and we have wealth creation, but we also have some kind of redistribution to help people stay in the game. And right now, we are losing that middle ground, and that's why we are going to the edges because people are attacking the middle ground. What we need is a stronger middle ground and a stronger welfare system and a stronger um, you know, redistribution, because that's the way that we preserve, you know, the wealth that we have now and preserve the system that we have now that maximizes freedom. That's, I guess that's alt center, but it's also a rejection of the right, the left. It's a rejection of, you know, far uh, right capitalism. It's a rejection of communism. It's a rejection of socialism. It's a rejection of all these things in favor of just true economic principles. Okay. Yes. I, I am I am back. I heard bits and pieces of that. And I think that this is where, and we're going to get into this in the outrage machine, and we're going to get into this in reclaiming patriotism. It is really about, I, I, I mean, it, this is one, it's an old idea. It already exists. It's already here. It's classic liberalism is, is the rational, is the rational independent center position to take, which and only hate, seems extreme now. Liberalism. If you hate the term liberalism, then call yourself an independent conservative. It's basically the same thing. Yeah, it really is. It the the language game about around liberalism and conservatism is totally counterproductive. Totally counterproductive. But if you look, excuse me, just cracked a monster. I'm all kind of burpees. But if you look at what classic classic liberalism is and what classic classic conservatism actually is uh they're very very close um on the teeter-totter to the middle to where like they can hold hands and still have fun um if you get way to the fucking edges it it goes nowhere nobody's happy (laughs) everybody's fucking miserable like I was, like I was yeah, telling them, yeah. uh, if you erode the center, the only place left is the edges, and that's why we have uh, the problems that we do. Exactly. Uh, Mike, check real quick. Is my audio quality still good? You are good, bro. You're gold. Okay. I cannot believe we recorded the the whole first half of this conversation, and it wasn't even on the right mic. But you know what? That's a beauty about podcasts, is because I've done that on my own end and recorded my own end. Where it sounded like I was in a bathroom and I put it out anyway because the conversation was just too good. So I'm thrilled that the second half of this conversation is coming through in full quality or as close as we can get to it. 
Right, and I'm, I'm sorry for the rambling. Like, it started out Cotton Candy Christ. You can go to the first Oh, section. my God. Chandler, never apologize. Never. That's a rule. Never apologize for rambling on this show. Some people are probably confused about, you know, it says Cotton Candy Christ, and they're like, wait, why is he talking about politics and classical liberalism? It kind of flowed into it. Everything, everything kind of flows it's... into one another. Mindwave <laughs> is one universe, you guys. I don't know if you've realized that. We, we've touched on human nature and sexuality. We've touched on politics. We've touched on the outrage machine. We've touched on the... Did we touch on the joy machine? Not really. But um, possible minds, reclaiming patriotism, it's all one thing. We've talked thing. about the nature of poverty. Yes. We've talked about... Um, humanity first. Oh, we talked this about This became welfare. a humanity first episode for a second, <laughs> which you just had one, so you can't have another one for a minute or else people are going to get butt hurt. <laughs> of course. <laughs> so what am I on then? Um, this one is just Cotton Candy Christ, bro. Because I'm I'm bringing you I'm bringing you back on. I I really want you on reclaiming patriotism because I th- I think that you're the perfect voice, um, especially with with your background and you're tying it into Christian values. I think is uh, super fucking helpful. So I'm gonna have you in there. There are certainly places in the outrage machine for you to flourish and within human nature because you are a very interesting human in that particular, you know, navigating the waters of human sexuality in the 21st century. You have a very interesting story to tell there. Um, Impossible minds, you know. Well, some things like, you have to say private as far as my love life, dude. Oh, man. Well, see, that's why we have an after show. We have a paywall that we can put yeah, the juicy stuff behind. I have been putting the juiciness on full display, guys. So uh, if don't get used to it. Don't get used to it. A lot of the stuff that I've put out recently just needed to go out. Um, nah, but that a lot of that I stuff am, is going to be moved like to the after sugar. <laughs> I am like brown sugar in the raw. Like I am raw, I'm real, and you're going to get the real taste from me. Okay? I don't hold back most of the time. <laughs> That's why if you I, are, like, thought, this is your it, it, it goes like, along with my ADHD and my autism. If I have a thought, I'm going to put it out there. And, you know, if you get offended, I'm going to be like, but why, though? Why do you have to have some, some sort of emotional attachment to this idea? Like, I'm just talking about an idea. Uh, you, this is why you are so perfect for Mindwave. Because um, in one of my last episodes, I, I caught myself calling my dog a faggot and uh, realized I said the word faggot. And got very real for a minute on the show and it was just like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry if you're offended by me using the word faggot. I, I am one. And if you are offended, stop being a faggot. <laughs> it really is that level. Uh, if, of like... if you're offended by the word faggot, go listen to like a bunch of Eminem songs come back. And that's basically us. Yeah. I like Eminem. I like Eminem. He's cute. <laughs> Uh, I I I just like uh, his music. Now I do think everything uh, after Shady Fifteen was kind of like it's a mixed bag. I liked Kamikaze. I liked some parts of Revival. I liked uh, Music to Be Murdered by, but <laughs> Shady Fifteen was I I yeah like I he's talking about now like you have to get into the bars and the bars are what matter. But you know you're not just a rapper when you're a rapper. You are a music artist. Everything matters in there, okay? And that's why, like, after he really started, like, getting into, like, all of it, 
on Kamikaze and then Music to Be Murdered by. And that's why he's doing better. But um, mm. <laughs> sonically, you have to uh, make sure it's sonically good as well as, you know, you have the bars as well, you know. Like skill yeah. can only get you so far. I have. I'm an old school Eminem fan. I'm like Marshall Mathers EP level Eminem fan. LP. I, he didn't have an EP from LP, Marshall Mathers. He had a slim my, shady EP. See, uh, see, see, I'm old school, bro. It's been a million years since I. I the last time I listened to that was right after I'm blue. Like literally. I think. I think. Uh, I personally think the Marshall Mathers LP was overrated. And I know that's like a controversial thing, but for me, the Slim Shady LP was much better than the Marshall Mathers LP. That's just my take. I love that this conversation started about Cotton Candy Christ and we're talking about Eminem. Like, and this is why you never, ever, ever, whoever you are, if you come on the show, you never have to apologize for the tangents or the rambles because they make the show. It's the best fucking thing ever. Uh, but um, back to topic, though. Wait, what was our fucking topic? See, this is the problem with having ADHD. Um, uh, don't don't label it, man. Just be you. Just be you. Just be you and feel you. Where uh, where do you feel like going, bro? Because we started the conversation about the Middle East and about Christian values and about well, Trump. Right now, I think I need and... to uh, go and see what Memo wants because she's calling me. Yeah, 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 man. Where? Uh, let, me, let me pop open my. Uh doohickey here it looks like we're about an hour and a half so okay so jenner yes okay so actually i'm gonna need to wrap this up because i have to go down the road and get something to eat and cash check we are so, good bro like, we're already there we're um, at like an hour and a half hey, so we're i good. think honestly instead of just a podcast i think what we need to do is i think we need to like start a youtube channel and start uploading some shit uh, to YouTube, and I think that if we do that, we could like get away with not following a series or a season. Like we just need to c- keep uploading shit. Like honestly, our conversations are so fucking interesting. I think we bounce off each other well. Oh, we have we have great chemistry, man. And this is like a uh, part of what Mindwave is trying to do is kind of be an incubator for new creators. Um, and help them launch their channel. Yeah, I can't go on a long tangent because I kind of got to go now. Um, but so, yeah, we'll we'll be in touch. We're gonna start your channel. It'll be packed with all these conversations. It's gonna be great. But thank you so much for hanging out with me and talking about Jesus and Trump and hookers and Eminem. It was fucking great, man. And I love Afghanistan you. and and yeah. Oh yeah, all of it, all of it. Welcome to the Mind Wave Universe, guys. It's fucking one thing. It's one big beautiful thing. Chandler Bryant, everybody, give him a round of applause. Thank you very much, and uh, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a head out. All right, keep the window open, bro. When I stop, yeah, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna keep my computer open. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna keep it all open. I'm, I'm just gonna go. See ya. All right, peace. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. If you enjoyed it, please take a minute to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. You have a really good taste in podcasts, clearly. So you probably also have a good taste in friends and know somebody who would enjoy the show as much as you do. So share the love. It's what we're all about. Special thanks to the friends of the show who make it possible. Rob J. Wilson, Corey Wilcox, Phil Ord, Travis Meyer, Heather Cook, 
Julia May and Boone Hemp. Join the MindWave universe at mindwave.media to be a part of the MindWave journey with us. Also, make sure to check out the other content creators in the MindWave sandbox and please help us support their work. Give us a follow on Twitter at MindWave Podcast. If you think I'm cute, you can follow me at MindWave Jenner. And if you think I'm annoying, wait until you see my Twitter at MindWave Josh. Thanks again for listening, guys. We'll talk to you next time. The Mindwave Podcast is produced by Studio Stargazer. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved. This is a quick after credit scene because, uh, or whatever, um, I need you, the listener, to understand how important you are in this story because right now, as it stands, you are standing outside of it looking in and you need to be inside of it looking out. <laughs> Um, and I understand from the numbers alone, I know that most of our listenership does not engage. And I need to find a way to change that. So um, please, please reach out uh, in whatever way. We have lots of different ways. Um, another one that we're going to start pushing hard is the voicemails so leave us a voicemail at 602-456-2253 to become a part of the story yourself because like you're already a part of it by participating in it passively and i i need i i'm not trying to like put the spotlight on you but you need to understand that you have a place in this as well this is not an external thing coming at you it's an internal thing coming out of you (laughs) that you happen to stumble upon and i'm so thankful that you're on this journey with us thank you for listening to my crazy conversation about jesus with chandler i cannot oh my god fuck me this is great (laughs) i love you we'll talk to you next time (laughs) 